Welcome to Unfolding Words. I'm Antracia Moorings, your host, and every week I come to share biblical truth that offers life for your walk and life for your soul. This is episode number 20, Is Your God Too Safe? And the name of this episode is based on a book that I read quite a few years ago. It was published in 2001 by Mark Buchanan, but the messages in that book are timeless. They still resonate with me today, even though it's been many years since I've read the book. Buchanan's premise in this book is that Christians today have built their own version of God, one who is far too safe. The one that they've built is a loving God, but he's also very predictable. It's like a God in a box, a a God who can basically be controlled and He looks nothing like the God of the scriptures, who is totally unpredictable. If you've read even a few verses, you know that the God of the scriptures is not a God who can be controlled or who we can guess what he's going to do or anticipate what he's going to do. Many of us may not voice this, but we don't really like God for who he is. We love God, but that unpredictable God who we can't control is not one that we always like. And so we end up steering clear of him or running from him like Adam did in the garden or Jonah did when he ran away from his assignment. And this causes us to wind up in a place that Buchanan calls borderland. It's a strange and safe place that promises nothing and delivers nothing. The book, Your God is Too Safe, urges believers to escape this borderland and live with God in the holy wild. And the holy wild is a place where God wants you to walk by faith and trust him even when you can't see him or trace his hand. And I can attest to the fact that the holy wild is a scary place. Two years ago, no, it's three years ago now, I left a well-paying job to homeschool my kids. To me, that was the holy wild. It was something I felt God was calling me to do, totally unpredictable and against the grain of how I was used to living. But when you follow God into the holy wild, that's what happened. Life becomes the great adventure. And this holy wild reminds me of God's people in the Old Testament, this whole premise of following a God who is unpredictable. It reminds me of God's people in the Old Testament when he delivered them into the promised land. God promised the children of Israel that he would lead them to a land flowing with milk and honey after they had wandered in the wilderness for decades. And just as they were on the cusp of crossing over into this promised land, there was a group of them who rose up and asked to stay in nearby cities that were east of the Jordan because the land that they saw was beneficial for their flocks. So instead of moving into the promised land, they opted for ease and peace in this borderland. What they saw was enough for them rather than the unknown goodness that God had assured. Does this sound familiar? I know it does for me. God says, step out of that comfort zone. But you say, I'd rather stay where it's nice and safe. God says, venture out in faith. But you say, nah, this looks good to me right where I am. I think I'll camp out right here. We're going to look at Numbers 32 and 5. And it says, if you have found favor in our sight, and this is that group that rose up who wanted to stay 
and not cross over. They said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants for a possession. Do not take us across the Jordan. So these people were members of the tribe of Reuben and Gad who had approached Moses to ask to stay put. They said, do not take us across the Jordan. Actually, they demanded it. Do not take us across the Jordan. We want to stay where there's this prized pasture land. And we'd rather have that than the promised land. But Moses said to the people of Gad and the people of Reuben, shall your brothers go to the war while you sit here? Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? Your fathers did this when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eskol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the people of Israel from going into the land that the Lord had given them. And this is Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 6 through 9. This group that rose up consisted of two tribes, and they assured Moses that they intended to help fight the rest for the conquering of the promised land. But they would return to their wives, children and livestock in the cities just beyond the land God had given them. So they wanted to build up their cities, fortify them, get their families straight and then go fight. Instead of taking hold of what God had designed specifically for them, the tribes of Reuben and Gad decided that they knew what was best instead and opted for the land east of the Jordan River. This is the outskirts of what was of what rightfully belonged to them. Their personal comfort discouraged them from moving forward and threatened to dishearten the rest of the tribes. And that's why we sense when Moses is talking to them a bit of aggravation because everyone is gung-ho, ready to launch into battle to conquer the promised land. While meanwhile, these tribes are saying, oh, no, we'll stay here. We'll help you fight, but we'd rather stay here. So imagine if that thought had trickled through all of the nation. It would have been disastrous if no one wanted to go in and conquer the land. Think about this, that we often have this same propensity as believers to sit and stay where we feel it's safest. We want to come to a place where we sit. We do this when we come to church. We want to come to church and sit and be fed. In restaurants, we want to sit and be served. In theaters, we want to sit and be entertained. It's in our human nature to sit and to want to stay and be comfortable. But God is constantly telling people in the Bible to go. It's a constant theme, go, because he's going against the grain of how humans are made. God said it in Genesis, but instead all of the people huddled together and created the Tower of Babel. God wanted them to go into all the earth and spread themselves out. He had to confuse their languages in order to make them go. They said, I just want to sit here and build. God says, I want you to go. Moses said, why will you sit here while your brothers go do the work? That was his question to them. My question to you is, are you content to sit in a place outside of where God promised you? God promised the children of Israel the land, but he also told them that there were some fights that they would encounter. God is not safe, but he's good. And this is a thought from one of C.S. Lewis's works. And when you think about God, he takes you on a good adventure, on a great adventure. But when he takes you, he always has a good heart 
because he's working all things together for your good. Why would you sit here? Moses asked them. But the thinking is, I know there are battles to fight, but look how happy and fat my herds are in the grass over here. Verse 7 said, Now why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them? Thus your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. You see that word discouraged? In Numbers 13, the people of Israel were discouraged because of the complainers. The ten spies came back as they, and they were whining. They're giants in the land. We're going to be eaten up by the giants. And only two came back with enough courage and faith to say, the bigger they are, the easier they are going to be for us to hit. Let's go. But the people were discouraged because of the whiners in chapter 13. So when we get to chapter 21, it says the people were discouraged because of the, because of the way. The way was difficult. It was hard. There were rocks and desert and heat and a long distance. So they were discouraged because of those people who were complaining. They were discouraged because of the way. And now they're discouraged because of those who are waners or their dwa- the dwaddlers. We just like to sit right here. We just kind of want to stay right here because we have good land as far as we can see. That sounds absurd, doesn't it? Why wouldn't they want all that God has for them. And while I can berate these tribes in my mind while reading these verses, I can also recognize myself in them. Can you? Settling for good enough is easier than fighting for God's best. Like, why can't God just give me the promised land without me fighting for it? He's able to do that, right? And sometimes we have to fight in prayer for what is ours. But often we want to return to what looks good fine for now. But when we do this, we scoot God off of the throne and attempt to put the crown on us as we navigate life with a little foresight. See, God sees the big picture. We can only see so far. God is sovereign and we are not. We often make decisions with our finite understanding and miss out on the milk and honey of the promises God has for us. It's interesting to note that the tribes of Reuben and Gad, along with the half-tribe of Manasseh, were the first taken into captivity by the king of Assyria. We find this in 1 Chronicles 5 and 26. They were the first ones to put down roots and the first ones to get the boot. So them staying on the borderland proved to be disastrous for them in the future. Instead of judging for themselves, they should have trusted that where God was leading them was best. And we can take this to heart as well. Instead of depending on our own assessment and what we see, we have to trust that God knows better. Here's a quote from Mark Buchanan that's highlighted in my book, and it says, For the place God calls us into isn't doubt-free. How can any place where we walk by faith and not by sight be that? No, the holy wild is where we have driving and haunting doubts, God-hungry doubts that pull us to our knees, force us to the word, make us wrestle all night, and not let us go until he blesses us. The holy wild throngs throngs with true skeptics. And that's what happens when God calls us. We, we question, we doubt because we cannot see. But when we question, we have to trust by faith that God knows the way. And so sometimes, like I mentioned, we make decisions in life solely based upon what we can see. They desired the best of the land. Remember Lot 
and Abraham, Lot desired the best of the land. And where did he end up? He ended up in Sodom, which didn't turn out well for him or his family. And the tribes didn't take into consideration that these pristine pastures that they desired were the most exposed to the enemies. Our promised lands don't come cheap. They're going to cost us in prevailing prayer, in fighting with the sword of the spirit, in trusting God when we can't see, and in denying ourselves. Mark Buchanan also asks this question in the book. Why would anyone choose to be stuck? Because actually it is safe. It's familiar. It may take endurance to live there, but not much else. It's the endurance of inertia. Life there requires no discipline. Anybody out there saying ouch to that one? I know I am. We may have to conquer the hard, rocky terrain of a rough marriage with fasting or praying for that prodigal child, which includes tears and late nights of prayer. Walking in faith towards God for the ministry call on your life, it won't be a cakewalk, but it will be worth it if you stop letting yourself run the show and hand the reins back over to God. One more quote from the book, and this book is just chock full of so many quotable parts of the book, but this is going to be the last quote I'm going to share. And I do advise you get it because it is a really, really good book. He says, Mark Buchanan says, God isn't nice. He isn't safe. God is a consuming fire. Though he cares about the sparrow, the embodiment of his care is rarely doting or pampering. God's main business is not ensuring that you and I get parking spaces close to the mall entrance or that the bed sheets in the color we want are on sale this week. His main business is making you and me holy. And for those of us who love borderland more than holy ground, whose hearts are more slow than burning, that always requires both the kindness and the sternness of our God. So today, if you feel like you're in borderland or you're settling for comfortable, would you pray and say, Lord, what do I need to do? What dust do I need to shake off? What seat do I need to get up out of? And what river or sea do I need to cross to enter into the promised land that you have for me? Remember, the promised land is not going to be a place of ease when we're going to acquire it. There's going to be tears and sweats, sweat, but it is going to be so worth it once you cross over. So don't settle for safe. Settle for the great adventure with God. Is your God too safe? Only you can answer that. But you can follow a God who is not safe, but good. So in what ways have you put yourself where God should be? And what boundaries have you determined for yourself that God has not determined for yourself? Just a few questions that are food for thought. And that's it for today's episode. I'd love to hear from you. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Unfolding Words. And may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.